0: All right, leading us off, Daryl Ryder in with our buddy Nick Wilson in Afternoon Drive today, and the two of them discuss the latest with the Browns.
1: Five years ago, you were in the pits. You were in the pit of despair with uh, with the albino, Mel Phillips. I think that's Mel Phillips was the name of the actor. Who played. Mel Smith, sorry. Different guy. Uh, Princess Bride reference. However, five years ago, you're in the pit of despair. Now, you're kind of in that middle part of the NFL, and now is the toughest jump. Which is, can you make the jump from the 18th best organization to the ninth best? If you do, manly tell you that it would be so cool to see the Browns in there. But what that means is winning almost every year. When I say winning, I'm talking about getting to the playoffs, in contention for the playoffs every year, and and obviously it, it, a Super Bowl run, multiple Super Bowl runs, like that's what the next jump looks like. At nine of the next ten years, you're in the playoffs. And at least one of those times, you're in the Super Bowl. And at least two or three more times, you're going deep into the playoffs. That's what becoming a top ten franchise looks like in 2024.
2: And that's, as you said, that's the hardest part now. uh, They've got the talent to be a perennial playoff team. But the challenge is being as healthy as possible going into January so that that talent is available to carry you potentially into February. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it just it felt like it took a quantum leap to get them from the 4-44 franchise to now Kevin Stefanski is the two-time coach of the year. He's the winningest coach since Marty Schottenheimer.
0: Yeah, you got to crawl to walk to Rome. That's what I always tell you guys, right? It's going to take time. There's no question about it, and Rome wasn't building a day. But I am looking at, like, what happened with the Lions, and I'm thinking to myself, it shouldn't take you forever. You know, at what point are you kicking the can down the road, or at what point are you seeing results? How long does it take you to successfully tear down a team and then try to build it back up? A lot of teams are doing it really quick. Hell, these 49ers that you're seeing this weekend were in the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo when their running back was Raheem Mostert. And Debo Samuel was a rookie wide receiver. I mean, they turned over that roster a ton, and they're still getting new guys. The Eagles are a great example of this as well. They go to the Super Bowl with BND. Nope, had that backwards. BDN, that's how we do it. Nick Foles. I had to say it out in my head and avoid uh, avoid getting kicked off by the FCC, and so I just kind of went for it. Anyway... Uh, they went with Nick Foles five years later. They're in it with a new guy named Jalen Hurts, and they they quietly and actively tore it down to then build it back up, and they did it very, very quickly. You can do it quickly. It doesn't have to take you 10 years. So I do believe in crawl to walk to run, but I also believe in the idea that when we won 11 games the first year with Stefanski, that should have been our, okay, we've arrived. Now let's build on it. The problem is the Browns then took three steps backwards, then two more steps backwards, and then they started this year to erase the five steps backwards that they took, and now we're back at where we were the first year that Kevin Stefanski took over. Not a bad spot, all things considered, but it's not ideal. All right. Next up, Ken and Spencer recap their interview with Kevin Stefanski today and a potential blunder by old potato salad.
2: Andy, what are you trying to do maybe differently on that side of the ball that sort of sparked this? And why is somebody like Ken Dorsey, who we obviously met earlier in the week on Monday for the first time, what does he bring to the table? Coach, one moment. Did you
3: just call him Andy? Yeah. He's in the
2: <laughs> run. You, then he laughed about it. He, did you call him Andy? He called no. him Andy. I know what's happening here, Andy. What are you trying to oh, okay. do? Maybe differently this is on why that we can't trust the media anymore. Because you can take the audio, Spence, you can take I'm video. Not the video. There's, there's AI out there. Somebody clearly... I heard he let it
1: leak into the
0: national media. I did, and uh, you know who had it? A... The AP Coach of the Year is Andy Stefanski. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Spence?
3: Audio courtesy of NFL Network. Apparently, um, Spencer in for Lima today. Yeah, I got people going, Did you just call him Andy? I was like, I think you I could just call him
2: Andy. Daryl like, Daryl chimed in on the situation. He said, did he did you or didn't you? He said he he rephrased the question how I worded it. It sounds like maybe I I the the word is maybe wasn't made out. Okay. But he said, but if you look at the framing of the question, it's clear what I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to call him Andy. Okay. Love
0: you, Spencer. I think you're trying to call him I think he called him Andy. Because the previous question was about Andy Dickerson. I know what happened. I, 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 The moment it happened, I knew exactly what went down that way because I've just done enough of this. I understood. You were you were just talking about Andy Dickerson, so you were thinking about Andy Dickerson, and you stayed thinking about Andy Dickerson, and then brain was supposed to go from Andy to Kevin, and it stayed on Andy. I, just Blame your brain. It's not a you fault. Blame your brain. It let you down there. It's okay. <laughs> Funny moment, though. Good interview. Odyssey Rewind. Go back and listen to it. Nick and Daryl on the Super Bowl this weekend.
2: The 49ers are in the same league as the Chiefs. Right. Unless this unless the game Sunday, Nick, is a complete stinker, right? And it is a blowout. Mm-hmm. I honestly can sit here and say I won't be disappointed in the result. Because I, I there, think, are, there are great stories on both sides. I
1: think there are, but I think I think that's what it's likely to be. I, I think the Chiefs receivers are the only thing that can stop this from being a blowout. And I... I, I I know we uh, we all want to fight. If, if it ends up being down to the last second, I'll love it. I will. But like the Chiefs are not just the better team. They're the every point that I care about on how you win as a team. The Chiefs are better. Their defense is better. They have the better offensive line. They've got the better quarterback. And yeah. I think if I think it's fair to say they've got the better head coach. And it's like, oh, the path to get there. Well, this is the defending champions. And they went through the 6-seed, the 2-seed, and the 1-seed. And the last two games on the road to get to Las Vegas. Right. And San Francisco had the perfect path.
0: San Francisco's path was much easier because the NFC is much easier. And I'm giving the Chiefs a bunch of credit for going through Miami, into the Bills and Josh Allen, and into the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. You went through Tua, Josh Allen, and Lamar that's a pretty good triumvirate of quarterbacks right there. So yeah, I, I, I obviously, any team that came out of the AFC, I was going to put as a a betting favorite in my mind from a gauntlet perspective, they would have obviously had a harder way of getting there than what you saw with the uh, with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Doesn't mean the San Francisco 49ers are any less talented. I, I'm not throwing anyone down for how they got there. I am in the corner of the Chiefs in this one, though. We'll get to some of those uh, reasons why a little bit later on. I just saw this moments ago. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in a dome, just for your betting people out there, just little little thing to pay attention to. In a dome in his career, Patrick Mahomes 11-0, 26 touchdowns and two interceptions. He has been in Fuego. He's also 4-0 in Allegiant Stadium. No big deal. When the conditions are manufactured and are easy, Mahomes remains not only great, he goes to another level. It's insane. All right, next up, uh, more on the Super Bowl. Rocco Wayland stopped by Baskin and Phelps and gave a tip for this weekend in food. Super Bowl food doesn't need to be complex.
1: I can keep it simple, but we can make it hard if you want. And uh, along the way, Cleveland always likes to throw a little bit of flavor of their own into it. All right, hit me with something new this year, Rocco. What's new? Something that somebody maybe hasn't done in the past, maybe not new to you. But uh, you know, uh, just a little bit of a curveball to say, man, I went to that Super Bowl party and that was off the hook. You know, barbecue is so popular. Barbecue's hot. Barbecue's being implemented into other things now, into dumplings, into empanadas, into spring rolls. You're finding your, your way around brisket in place of chicken for lettuce wraps. So I think a barbecue component is definitely
3: something that you're going to want to have on your table and it's nonstop till you drop
0: brisket anything is awesome. Brisket nachos, straight up just regular brisket. Brisket's fantastic. I'm pro brisket. I'm also pro any type of barbecue at any of these Super Super Bowl parties. I think that's the absolute go-to move. Hey, you can never go wrong doing the classics. You know, having the pizza, having the wings, making sure that you have uh, all sorts of good stuff that way. I just I love the idea of basically anything barbecue being what's in style this year. And he's right. You show up to a place and they have a brisket and they have it, it, it mixed in with all sorts of other things, you're like, this place is awesome. Instantly, I love it. Any type of barbecue place, uh, uh, sausages, all sorts of different uh, smoked meats and everything like that, easy over there, Nick Wilson, but all sorts of smoked meats, like it's, it works. Anytime I make a sexual innuendo, I go, easy, Nick Wilson, because that's my that's my new thing, because I don't make sexual innuendos. That's a Nick Wilson job, but... uh you notice he's rubbing off on me. The more and more, like, I, I see them popping up into my head, and the more and more I'm like, that's that's Nick's – I'm basically Nick right now, and that's that's not how I speak. That's how Nick speaks. Here we go. To see
3: Micah Parsons Miles, back yeah. it up and defend Miles like a player, it's one thing if Kenny Carman's sitting there going, laughing at you, and saying, well, Miles Garrett had more double teams, or all the other stuff, I'm thinking, no, it's this is Micah Parsons talking about it. And Pony and Muller are all upset about him. Like, you guys are the ones who have Steve Palazzolo on every week. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't have given him such a platform then if you were so upset with PFF. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. Because I got to tell you, I, by the time the, the final game of the season came around and they played in Baltimore, and yeah, I know Baltimore was playing their backups. But TJ Watt has those plays and then he goes down. I go, Oh my god, here we go. They're gonna give it to TJ Watt, and I'm just gonna have to deal oh, with it. I th- I thought the and same that's thing, it. Yeah. And then when Miles won the Sporting News Award and when he won the other award, I go, the Pro Man, Football Writers of yeah, America. I
2: said he might win this thing. I can't believe he might actually win well, it. Well there's a, when, once he won that one, there's only been four times. Now they, they like the Pro Football Writers of America haven't handed out that award as long as the AP defense yes. player of the year Theirs, I think, started in '91 or '92, but every year that they've handed it out, there's only been four times that they weren't the same, like that the AP and the Pro Football Writers of America didn't match. Yeah. So I once once Miles won it, it was pretty much a given that it was going to happen.
3: Well, do you does this does does this feel like a win over Steelers fans?
0: I think it is a win over Steelers fans. It's a question that. Candid asked about a week ago, and I pondered enough time on. I think it is a win over Steelers fans. Not a doubt in my mind about that. I, I don't know how big we can get as far as bragging about it, but for Miles Garrett, it's a, it's a fantastic accomplishment. Now, I do wonder if Pony and them are going to kick Steve Palazzolo off of their airwaves. Will they be so mad at PFF that they just completely boot PFF to the moon? Because... They are right in the idea that 20 years ago, TJ Watt wins that award because we've gotten much better at being able to figure out how to analyze pass rush, and it's not that barbaric version of, oh, well, 19 sacks equals more than 14 sacks. Now we've gotten much better at actually figuring out uh, there's more that goes into that, including the idea that how often you're double teamed does matter into the equation, and nobody gets double teamed more than Miles Garrett. And I Nick Wilson did it again, didn't I? All right, leave that one there. 216-474-0092. We come on back, Dave Mason, betonline.ag. Going to get you guys ready for the Super Bowl and so much more. It's overtime with Jonathan Beetle and here with you on The Fan.